When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Juice makes an appearance. Middle call! Heavy, hey! Promo code ham, promo code ham. Brought out the flames for juice. (laughs) Here he is. Getting ready for his 11th NFL season. The last seven in a row, a pro bowler back on the show. Juice himself, Kyle Juszczyk. Great to see you, man. Juice! (laughs) When's the last time you got that on the street? uh, I get it quite often, especially there's a lot of kids in my neighborhood and uh, a lot of jet skis go by my my backyard and I get a lot of juice as they come by. (laughs) Not too much privacy here. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I was thinking this morning is that, you know, people, I'm guilty of this, talk shit about the Pro Bowl. Like, oh, that guy made the Pro Bowl. That guy made the Pro Bowl. Yet people like you, it's like, no, I'm like a real Trent Williams, Nick Bosa. Like, I'm a Peyton man. I make the Pro Bowl on merit, you know? So when you say seven straight, those aren't like half of them inflated. Like, no, I was the best fullback in the league. I was a true Pro Bowler. Sometimes I can't make it because I'm in the Super Bowl. But other than that, I'm there representing my squad. Hundred percent, man. And like people try to hate on it, but it's like, well, what else am I supposed to do? I, I'm not making it as an alternate. Um, what would you prefer? Like, I not be a pro bowler? Like, uh, you know, when people are like, oh, there's only there's only 15 fullbacks, so yeah, of course you made it. Well, I'm like, all right, so I'm still the best of that group. Like, what what, what more can I really do? You know, so it, it's a hard argument to to have with with, with people. I mean, you could do that. <laughs> the catch you had in the Pro Bowl was probably one of the best. I mean, was that one of the best catches of your career, laying out like that? It's it might be honestly. It's like the Pro Bowl games have actually been like some of my best. I feel like athletic performances because usually the running backs they kind of tap out by halftime. They don't really want to be there. They don't want to like put in the effort. So I'm always that guy. Like I I tell the offense coordinator before the game. I'm like, hey man, like I'm here to play. I love doing this stuff. Like I have a blast. So when it's third, fourth quarter, whatever you need me to do, play receiver, play running back, like I'm your guy. So I, I always seem to get opportunities in those games. I mean, you hit Kyle immediately after the game. He's like, I understand we got Debo and now we got McCaffrey and Ayuk, but you, you see what I'm doing out here, bro? I mean, are, are you kidding me? Not. We are underutilized. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed to admit that seconds after that game ended i sent him the clip of me throwing a pass to i think it was the cd lamb i said i mean we gotta we gotta use this man untapped uh, potential over here 
Last year's kind of crazy. I mean, when you think about just when you thought there weren't enough balls to go around, you guys added McCaffrey. It was like yeah. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Jennings. Like I looked this morning, I'm like, God, Ray Ray. Because somebody asked me, like, can Danny Gray have a breakout year? And I was like, well, how many catches is a breakout year? Let me go look at what Ray Ray did last year. Ray Ray, I thought, had 10 game-changing catches. He had 14 total catches on the season. Like, there's just not that many balls to go around. It's crazy. Led the led the league in outfits, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray definitely he, de- he definitely always looks good. But no, you're right. Like, um, at the end of the day, there's really there's not a lot of balls to go around, and especially um, an ideal game for us, we're not throwing the ball 40 times, you know, an ideal game. We're probably, I don't know, throwing the ball 25, 28 times. Um, so when it comes to like receptions, there's not a ton to go around. Um, but you know, we manufacture touches in other ways. You see that with Debo all the time. Like Debo may not have eight catches, but he'll touch the ball 12 times in a game, you know? So Kyle's very good about that. Um, and I think, if anything, it, it really like it pushes you that like when you get that ball, you're taking advantage of that. Like that that may be your only op. And I know I see it that way uh, for me because I mean realistically, I'm gonna get two maybe three targets a game, maybe if I'm like lucky at this point. So when I touch that ball, like I'm doing everything I can with it, uh, and I'm gonna make sure I secure that catch. I'm gonna get every yard possible. So I think that's kind of how everybody's mentality is on this offense. I got I missed on McCaffrey twice when he was coming out of the draft, you know, back, you were cutting your teeth back in Baltimore, us Bay Area guys, you know, around Stanford. He was obviously incredible, but it was like, you know, is he going to be more like Julian Edelman in the NFL, more of a slot receiver? Turns out he was just incredible, right? Has those three years. And then he's a little out of sight, out of mind. So you just kind of uh, team's bad. He's banged up. So when the trade happens, you know, it was a ballsy trade, and it made sense because the Rams were involved. But it's like, you know, running back. And then he gets here, you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy is incredible. Were you even shocked? I, I know you've been around him before Pro Bowls and stuff, and I, I'm sure you knew him before he got to the team. But just how sweet the dude was once you guys started playing games? Um, yeah, no, I, I admit, I didn't have the appreciation that he deserved either. Um and this actually was the first time I had ever met him. Just just so happened that uh, the Pro Bowls that we had like overlapped, we were in the Super Bowl, and I think one of them no was twenty twenty, and you know we didn't have it, and we didn't have it. So we really we hadn't met. And um, when he showed up, that was my first time meeting him, seeing how he operates, uh, how he does goes through his day to day, and really seeing the effect that uh, he has being on your squad. And um, Dude, I can't say enough. Like he's he's one of the best football players I've ever seen in my life. He he truly can do everything. Um, he can change the game in so many different ways. And like you said, like I mean, we have all these these uh, these weapons, and we already had a pretty good offense. It's like, all right, what is yeah. adding a running back gonna do to it? Um, but he's so much more than that. He's not just a running back. Um, he is just a a true dynamic uh, playmaker. And I think that's you know. That's what Kyle loves. He loves guys that can do a lot of different things, that can, um, you know, attack you in a bunch of different ways. And I mean, Christian's just the definition of that. And um, man, it's it's been really cool to get to know him and um, have him as a teammate because he's pushed me. He's, you know, um, he's fine. He's showing me some things that, um, hey, juice, like you know, try this recovery thing out. Hey, uh, when I run this route. I'm thinking about the defense's leverage on this, you know, like different things that um, are just coming from one of the best in the game. And it, it's great to pick his, his brain every day.
You sit by him in meetings. What's he like in meetings? I, I do. He's right next to me. He's a note taker. Um, Stanford. His Stanford guy. You know, he's taking notes in the team meeting. Um, and he's just, he's really uh, studious. He really is a student of the game. And um, I, I said something on, I think it was the Rich Eisen show the other day about how Kyle's team meetings are by far the most entertaining team meetings I've, that I've ever been a part of, especially if like you're a true lover of, of football, ball, like this guy can, he'll break down all 22 players in a play and tell you each and every one of their assignments and how it affects the other and how this guy being out of the gap is going to create a hole back here. Um, and I mean, multiple times, like the team meeting has ended and Christian just like looks at me. He's like, dude, like I could sit here all freaking day and listen to this. Like, this is just like, this is ball right here. And so, um, I mean, that just shows like uh, Christian just loves the game and he loves learning like, like we, uh, you know, all the good ones do. Well, anyone that watches, I mean, obviously we got a lot of people listening that watched every snap forever that it was clear once he got there, why it just like, God, this makes sense. But there was like, to me, there's a lot of the equity on the team before he showed up, right? All the playoff wins, all the big games of just like toughness, right? From you to Kittle to now Trent, Fred. By the end of that season, it felt like he was just one of the crew. I mean, that game in Philly, once the quarterback goes down and he ties it up on that play where he looks like, I don't know, Jim Brown or something. It was <laughs> and he just ran his ass off till the it, it just felt by the end of the season it was like this guy just belongs on the on the same level of just like go to war with this guy. Hundred percent. Um I mean he fit in so seamlessly right away, um, in the locker room and on the field. Like you like you said, like the physicality and just being a, a, a tough runner and just a guy that you want to go to war with. Like, I mean, you just see it on the field. Like, that's just the way he plays. And we all play off of each other. You know, we all push each yeah. other. And we're close enough with one another that, like, we can be hard on each other. Like, I have no problem um, going up to Ayuk and, and, and calling him out on whatever it is. And he'll do the same thing to me. Like, he'll try me, too. And it's because we've, like, built that brotherhood that we can do that. And we're, we're still great friends and uh, still love to play with each other. But another thing, I'm just I'm going to be praising Christian all year. So just this is a little preamble. Um, one of the things that I love about him as a teammate is, like, I don't know anyone in the locker room who, who doesn't get along with him. Like, I see him talk to everybody. Like, he's doing these shadow boxing games with practice squad guys. He's taking his arm around rookies and, like, talking to them. He's with the vets. He's with the offense. He's with the defense. Like, he really – he's everywhere and um, everyone seems to really gravitate to him and, and appreciate the kind of person he is. I want to make it the McCaffrey pod. Like you said, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a star. He's a star again. We're allowed he to practice about him so <laughs> hard. That's the other thing. Like he runs so hard in OTA, That's, not can't like OTAs. It's crazy to see. Yeah. He, he, he practices his ass off, man. You called it on Ayuk too. Last when well, you were on a couple, you were on after Ayuk's rookie year and you're like, you know, yeah. Brandon wants to be great. And the other thing you said was, you know, Brandon just – he needs a leader. He needs, like, a vet to kind of show him the way. And what happened that year, like, he – air quotes, was, wasn't, doghouse, whatever, but he had a really slow start. And then he had, like, nine catches in the first six games. And then he just took off, and he hasn't looked back. And then all the stuff that you said, like, he and Kyle have kind of said since. Like, I just needed to figure out how to be a pro. Um, but you said it first. Yeah, man. You're seeing it pay off, and – um I mean, kind of like he said at the, at the end of OTAs, like he's ready to take off and you can see it. Like 
there, there are people that when you're at practice, they just stand out. And he's 100% been that guy um, for a little bit now, but especially in OTAs. Uh, I mean, you talk about Christian practicing hard. Ayuk is in that exact same category. When he is out there, he's an ass kicker. Like he, he wants all the smoke. He's going to talk all the trash to the defensive backs. He's going to back it up. And he just looked like he was moving at a different speed than everyone else on the field. Uh, so I, I think he's in store for an even bigger season this year. Do you think, you know, the, the offensive skill guys now are probably some of, if not the most established group in the league, uh, the offensive line subtract Trent, you know, last year coming into the season was like, how's Banks going to do? He established himself left guard replacing a pro bowl and it went well. Burford had had that weird, like, would sub out during the game, but obviously he played a ton on a team that was in the NFC championship game. And by this off season, the offensive line coach is like, he's even taken another step. Are you able to tell with young guys, offensive or defensive, but even the offensive line, like this guy's going to make it here or, you know, this is, this is going to be tough for the guy pretty quickly now, like from your, from your John Lynch point of view as, as an right. evaluator slash player. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're not all batting a hundred percent, but all the guys in the locker room, like if, if you've if you've been in the NFL, you played for a while. Like we always say, like is it really Haven't. that hard? Is it that hard to evaluate? Like because we feel like we got to figure it out like within the first couple of days. And like I said, we're not batting one hundred percent, but um, I do think like as you've you've been in the league and you've seen it done. Um, I don't know. There's a, a blueprint. Not everybody has to do it the same way, obviously. Um, but I do think it's easier to recognize early on. All right, this guy, he has the right stuff. He's made of the right stuff. He, he, he can get it done, or he has the right attributes, the right abilities, um, and I think he can be a player or not. Well, like physicality, obviously, is a big part of the squad. So, like, yeah. I guess an OTA sometimes is you have to wait till training camp because, like, Hufunga's a guy that clearly transitioned really quickly, right? I mean, yeah. pretty – just a 49er, just belongs. Or last year getting Charvarius – now, he had played in the NFL, right, for one, the best team. So when he made the – it was clear, like, God, this guy's pretty good. So is there just a level of physicality that just probably more than most teams just required for Kyle? 100%. Like, you, you cannot play on our team if you're not physical. Um, and I think that is kind of – that's one of those things that – like, so I have an idea from OTAs who I think, you know, has a chance to be a, a good player, but, like – with every one of those evaluations, it, it kind of ends with, all right, well, we'll see when the pads come on. You know, like that's when we can really evaluate guys and, um, you know, if they're going to fit on this squad is when, when it's time to pop those pads, like, are you willing to do it? Clearly they saw something they liked in Darnold, right, to bring him in when they did. Did you – can you tell with a quarterback in OTAs? Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not entirely. Like there, there are things, obviously, that you can be – that, you know, jump out to you. Um but I think with, with quarterbacks, and it, it sucks, it's just like I feel like the – I mean, the truest way you can evaluate a quarterback is how he plays in games. And it's just so hard to really simulate that. Even in practice, like, I mean, you're doing everything you can, but it's just different when there's live bullets and guys can actually tackle you and you can actually extend a play and it's not just a, an argument between the D-line coach and the O-line coach. Oh, he was sacked. No, he wasn't. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, and you, you kind of saw it with Purdy, like – he looked good in, in practice, um, but it wasn't until like those preseason games that were like, yeah. "Oh, this guy's—he's a little bit of a baller. Like he, he's got something there." Um, so, you know, obviously, like I've liked what I've seen from Darnold. Um, guy seems to 
you know, be really loves ball. Like he, he loves asking questions and um, picking brains of guys that like have been here and how we do things. And he's been uh, extremely accurate with, um, with his passes. So like, you know, those kind of things like stand out. Uh, but again, it's going to be kind of hard to see until, you know, we get some preseason game action and uh, we know when we practice with the Raiders and that kind of stuff. But Jimmy, maybe Jimbo. <laughs> that's gonna be your that's, your quarterbacks just life with the 49ers these last couple years it's crazy because everyone i mean we're biased but no one would say the 49ers aren't a top five team going into the season but the others are like mahomes josh allen burrow you know it's like jalen hurts who just got 700 million dollars the 49ers <laughs> it, 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 it has is. to be it's not it's not exhausting because clearly you guys are confident in however it plays out but it is it's a pretty unique situation relative to the league. It's extremely unique. I, I, I mean, you know, I've, I've loved football my whole life, and I, I can't remember any team that, like, you're just – it's kind of like undisputed top five team in the league, but, like, nobody really, like – there's always who's the quarterback, like, who's going to – like, we're talking about who's going to be our backup quarterback, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, it, it's definitely unique. It, it does get exhausting asking, like answering questions on it, because as um, many of us have said, like we don't get to choose who the starting quarterback is. Um, but we we truly do go in with the confidence that like whoever it is, he was chose to be the starter for a reason, and like we're gonna do everything we can to make his job easier. And so I, I think that's just like the easiest mindset to have as being on this team and being on that offense, um, because you know like. It, I mean, on any team, we don't get to choose who the quarterback is. Kyle's going to choose to make that decision. So we, we, we trust in him. What, um, what was your phone like the night you, <laughs> McCaffrey, Kittle, Jimmy, go to the Warrior game? And then the – it wasn't the Warriors dance team, right? It was like the – No, it was like it was the senior dance team. I think they're all like 65 plus. Which and they, they just – well. They did a great job. They did a really great job, but – they had no interest in talking to me, Christian, or George. They they just they went straight to Jimmy and uh, were not shy about it. <laughs> Have you ever been around someone who's just universally discussed like this guy's just an incredible looking human being? Like everyone, <laughs> I don't care who you meet. You can talk to my mom. You can talk to Doesn't people's wives. You can talk to football fans. It's like the first thing that Jimmy Garoppolo. God, he's good looking. It's just a good looking guy, man. It um it, and it. I guess being around him after, you know, for as long as I had, got used to it. You know, eyes were never on me when Jimmy's around, which is okay. I'm married. I'm not looking for that. So, you know, soak it up, Jim. You know, this one thing I was, uh, I saw on Instagram within the last week, you guys were like hanging by the pool and, and your wife kind of scrolls and you're, you're over there running with like uh, things hanging off your back to train. <laughs> M- McCaffrey you know, is marrying some supermodel who there, who knows where all over the globe, you guys take your fitness and everything very seriously. Is it hard to train? Like it's probably easier on just a normal week, but on some of these weeks in the off season, like you feel you can lose it a little bit. Like if you go to Europe, how how do you lift hard? I mean, you're a fullback or he's a running back. Like, is that, is that something that like, do you get anxiety over that? How do you maintain it? No, I, I definitely get anxiety about it. And I think I kind of feel like if you don't get anxiety about it, like maybe there's an issue because I mean, this is the most important thing in the world to us is like Trent probably doesn't. Yeah. I don't think Trent's too worried about it, honestly, <laughs> but he's, he's a different breed. Um, but 
it's really it's on you to uh, be professional enough to like find time to get those workouts in. And so like that video that um, you pointed out, like we so uh, my wife and I, we went with our best friend, best couple friends. We went out to the Hamptons for like five days. And while, you know, the, everyone else is chilling by the pool reading, I'm like, well, I got to get I got to get something in it like. At the very worst, I'm not. I'm not getting worse. You know, if anything, I'm at least I'm staying the same. I'm. I'm hoping I'm. I'm actually putting in enough effort that I'm getting better. But you know, you you find the tools that you bring with you, and you find the time, and um, you get those workouts in. And I try to do them as early as possible so I can enjoy the rest of the day and get to hang out with everybody else. But you know, in the back of my mind, um, once it turns July, that anxiety is there for sure. Um, because you know it's just around the corner and it, it, it's about to be a, a marathon. And um, I think it's a good thing because I think it drives you and, and it, it, it prepares you for, you know, a, a long season. So what does it take? Like what level of, like what is the regular workout? I think everybody watching and listen to this, some people maybe hit the gym for an hour a day. Some people maybe do three days of 30 minutes and it's like that's progress because they're working to just, you know, keep it off or maintain some healthy level to fit in a pair of pants. What is the NFL level of effort that you have to put it in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously individually based. It's going to be different for every guy and, um, you know, how, how long they've been doing this, their, their body makeup and all that kind of thing. But, I mean, for me personally, um, and, it's, and it's different for each stage of the offseason. Like, I'm at the peak right now. Like, these past two weeks are, like, two of my, like, hardest weeks of training for the year. Like, so um, right now, like, I'm working out four days a week. It's usually anywhere from like two and a half to three hours. And that's split up between on the field and the weight room. Um, and I, for me, like I like to do most of that work on the field. Cause at the end of the day, like we're football players, we're not weightlifters. And I, I feel like I've found throughout my career that like strength is important, but it's not nearly as important as speed and explosiveness. So like, that's where my main focus is at. Like, like you saw in that video, like I, I do a lot of resisted sprints. I do a lot of plyometrics. Uh, even when I'm in the weight room, like I'm trying to move things fast. Like I'm not trying to just grind out, you know, one rep max, that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, what I do. I'm in my 11th year. Uh, so things are different for me than maybe, you know, a first year guy who's really still trying to build that base. Um, but that's what works for me. That's the crazy part about the draft, right? You have all these numbers, and that's been Belichick thing for like fifty years. We don't play combine, right? We play football. Right. But it's like, is Nick Bosa the strongest guy in the league? I don't know, but his strength and his speed translates, and, and maybe he is. Or you know, Trent, I'm sure could yeah. probably lift as much as anybody in JJ Watt in his prime. But for the most part, there are guys that can lift a lot, but then their functional strength isn't great or speed. I mean, being a skill guy. Their speed doesn't translate. I don't think Debo is just naturally the fastest guy in the league, but his play speed is elite with the ball in his hands, right? right. And that's who else – why does it really matter if he runs a 4-5-0 or a 4-4-2, right? You put the hand, the ball in Debo's hands, I don't remember many guys catching him, right, in the open field. Right, 100%. And I, I agree with that testament all the way that, like, you know, we're not playing combine. And, the, the, I mean, you know, as a former scout, like, yeah, like there's – you can get some information from these numbers for sure. Like, you know, there are certain baselines yeah. that you like Danny, Danny Gray is fast, right? Yes. Like that's, that's <laughs> not, he can run by guys. Right. But then it's like, okay, how can you use that speed on the field? For and sure. so like, I feel like those numbers are kind of like your starting point. And then it's like, all right, what can we do with those numbers? 
Have you guys been listening to the uh, Playmakers, that little podcast series The Athletic just put out? Uh, it's, it's funny. Kyle McVay, Mike McDaniel, and LaFleur. Yeah, it's funny. You, you just met. I just, somebody uh, sent it to me this morning. I, got, I just got through the first episode. Uh, I'm on the middle of episode two now. It's, do, it's, they, do they talk or is it oh, yeah. someone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Kyle's favorite word shit? Is that his favorite word? <laughs> um, no, his favorite word starts with an F. But, um, a well, lot of profanity. I don't think he, he doesn't even hear it when he when he speaks. It's so funny because um, I'll be we'll be doing I'll, I'll do like Zoom meetings in the off season, and sometimes like somebody walks by the room, and you know the amount of shits and fucks and all this they hear, and they're like, "What is going on in there?" I'm like. Honestly, he's not even, he's not upset at all. Like, he's yeah. just talking. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll play you one, John, listen to this clip. It, Kyle, you've probably heard this, but it's, it's just, I've only listened to, like the first one last night, but it's, it starts with just the, the piss boys is what they call them because they just got pissed on by all the other coaches on the Shanahan staff. But Raheem, I just want to play this clip. Raheem Morris is talking about how he used to ride to the stadium with, I think McVeigh and McDaniel, maybe, or McVeigh and LaFleur. Yeah. One and they would just, they would run through the whole game plan yelling at each other, arguing. And then he said this, and we got to get Juice's uh, insight on this. Shanahan psychopath time where he goes into a closet in, in the stadium and he finds his closet and he go in there and he go through his process that he does where he stands in his head and he writes his plays down and he rewrites them again. And I guess the story is he does stand on his head. Like that's what this podcast got into a little bit. Okay. So. I know, I know that he does this whole like go in the closet or like go into the corner where like in, in some weird spot. He'll, he's We're talking like, Kyle Shanahan here. Talking about right? Kyle Shanahan, yeah. He'll go like in the equipment, in the equipment room. He's like over in the corner behind like a trunk, looking at his play sheet, doing stuff. I didn't know about the standing on his head part. So I, that's funny you brought that up because I literally put a note in my phone, make sure to ask Kyle about this whole standing on his head thing. Cause I got to find out if this is true and I want to witness this or like, I want to, I want to send somebody on game day to get a picture of that for me. Cause I feel like that the people need that. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer, when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. 
save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One thing that happened over the offseason is George was talking, and Guy and I talked about this probably a month ago, about like setting up plays. Like He'll just do throwaway plays in the run game to ultimately or pound you, pound you, knowing that it'll break maybe in the third or fourth quarter. But in the first or second quarter, every fan's going to be throwing up their hands like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Is that something that just consistently, because you guys are, because Guy asked, I remember when we were doing the pod, like, does Andy redo that? I'm like, well, it's a little different in the passing game. Right than it is in the running game. Right. Is that first and foremost? Is that a fair assessment? And two, do you guys consistently do that? Yeah, no, I think that's a fair assessment. Like obviously in the passing game, I feel like the biggest thing is like, okay, you can set up a double move. You know, like all right, you're gonna run a hitch yeah. and then you're gonna run a hitch and go. But you like, still want to complete the hitch, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I mean, that's kind of that's pretty basic elementary. But um, no, he George is 100% telling the truth there as far as uh, the run game setting up a play later um you know run play in the first half setting up a play in the second half like that that's happening every single game um and i think uh, if you listen to this this playmakers podcast he kind of they allude to that um that play action is, is is a big part of um his offense and i think it was uh he like showed up in tampa and they didn't have any play action and he's like all right well we have to build something in there and he talks about the drift route which, I mean, in the basic sense of it, it's a play action that you're trying to draw up the linebacker and you're going to replace him with the receiver behind him. And that's, I mean, that's been a huge play. Yeah. 90% of Debo's 60-yard touchdowns are that play, specifically. Like, um, So that's just a big part of his uh, his game planning. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing that every week. So do you, you get – go ahead, John. The crazy part about the offense, right, is a lot of offenses evolve. Like when I was with Andy a decade ago, the West Coast, it was still pretty close to like stuff that Walsh and some of the, the definitely they were doing like with Favre and Steve Young was doing in the 90s. And I think Kyle has parts of that, but the running game is much more of a factor. And, and when I got to the NFL, Andy had a fullback, like we would get in pro formations. That is the still the base of your offense. Like, have you seen in all the years you've been around Kyle, it has it really adapted, or is it just so hard to defend that 
you don't really need to because most offenses it's like adapt or die but it feels like Kyle there's still just some basic elements of we're going to run outside zone and that's never really going to change no it, it's 100% adapted and it's it's at a, a more minute scale that like it, it's kind of harder to see like if you're not in it every single day um I would say the the biggest way that it's evolved is just been like our run schemes um when I early on when I got there like there was a lot of um I mean I guess in the the easiest way, like I'm, I don't have a better word for it. They were just like simpler schemes. Like it, like it was, you know, we're in the I formation, and I'm gonna go fit up on the Mike linebacker. Like we ran, it was called 18 Mike. We ran that a shit ton my first like two years. Um, and then Is that just in, like, like an inside zone run. Yeah, and we could do it inside or outside zone, but just like me, just like leading up on the on the Mike linebacker. Um, or, you know, we run a weak side. We just, we call that weak 19 week and just me leading up on the wheel linebacker. Um, there's less of Lorenzo Neal would be proud. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There's less of that now. So like in 19, when we went to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden we're running all these gap schemes. We're coming out, we're running power, we're running counter, we're running weak side counter, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we always do it. We do, we marry that with that outside zone that we're known for. So like we block our counter scheme different than anybody else. Like most people on gap or pin and pull schemes, like they're trying to just move people. Like it's about big guys moving big bodies Um, where we try to make like the front side of our gap schemes look like the backside of our zone schemes. So we try to make people run and you're, you're kind of putting yourself on the limb there because uh, not to get like in too much of offensive line detailing, but when you take a really wide target, um, it's easier for a defensive lineman to kind of shed that. And if he knows that, okay, a power play is coming to me, the offensive lineman is not getting into them as much. You're trying to get them to run. So you take a wider target, um, getting less of the defender. You it's really positional expect- blocking more. Yes, than just, exactly. Yeah. And so you're trying to make him do the movement for you. Um, and so you're putting it on a little bit of a risk because if if that defense lineman sniffs that out, that's an easy play for him to stop. But yeah. we make it so believable because that's what we do. We run outside zone consistently. So we try to make it hard to distinguish between the two. But like you said, going back to like the, the offense evolving – Every, every year or two, I feel like there's just there's been things that become like kind of our staples. Like uh, I think it was about three years ago, we call it spirit motion, where you'll see me kind of go in that jet sweep motion um, before the play. And like usually it's me and Kittle like teaming up and kicking out the end man line scrimmage or whatever. And that became a big thing like three years ago. And now we use that all the time and we run every play with that motion um, or – you know, recently we've been doing like counter schemes, but we don't pull offensive linemen. We pull me in the tight end. So it's like things we're, we're always getting to the same kind of stuff, but we're just doing it in a different way. And I feel like it's kind of it's a cycle where like, you know, I'm sure in the next year or two, we're going to get back to 18 Mike as our bread and butter. You always know it as well as anybody we know, because when you watch games, the microphones are everywhere. And there's so many examples of you yelling at, I mean, not just like Trey or a younger player, but like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jimmy over here or Brock or you're 
uh, who was it? Maybe it was Ayuk or somebody. You're you're just always yelling at guys. And <laughs> it was it was Brandon. He was screaming. It, it was Brandon. hey yeah. Brandon. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, and so like what John was saying about all the different quarterbacks you've played with, like with a, when a young baseball player comes up, when they spend three weeks just raking, everybody always knows, right? Now they're gonna start throwing them curveballs. So what do you think with a quarterback, like a young guy, it doesn't, it's Brock or anybody in Brock's spot, but you have to have, is there some expectation in your mind of now these defensive coordinators have spent the whole offseason watching your last eight games or whatever? Like, what do you think guys are going to try, defenses are going to try to do to you early in the year? Yeah, honestly, I, I am, I'm interested to see that because I, I don't think, I don't really have the answer yet because usually when a young guy comes in, um, you're going to start, you're going to see all types of blitzes. And that's exactly like Brock got that. I think we were playing against Tampa Bay and you saw like a record number of, of zero blitzes where they they're bringing everybody. No, no safeties in the back, just man to man on each receiver. They're going to bring one more than you can block. And it's just kind of like, all right, rookie, can you make a decision quick? That didn't go well for Todd Bowles. <laughs> it didn't go well. That's so like, that's what I'm interested to see because like he already kind of got like, you know, some of those early tests that a normal young quarterback would get. Usually it's heat him up. Let's see what kind of decisions he makes under pressure. Um, now, you know, it's like, it, do you just, you know, play him like a normal quarterback? Are there, are there things that he kind of like gives away? I don't know. I, I, you know, I haven't done that evaluation of them so i honestly i'm interested to see too how how people play them but i think what makes it hard is you guys have this unique ability like kittle iu can really stretch the field for their position debo is an elite player like mccaffrey right around the line of scrimmage where if all you have to do is basically throw a wheel route and i, I you could blump yourself in there too but those guys have the ability to turn like a, a behind the line of scrimmage catch into 25 yards so it's like it's kind of your do, you know, what do you do? You know, you don't want to not be aggressive, but you can't be too, because if you do, I can just dump it off and I can go 40. Right. No, I think um, that's definitely like, you know, one of the biggest strengths of our offense is the run after catch is like yeah. guys can take those little two yard dump offs and, and, and take them all the way or, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, I, that, that's the, that's the dilemma that all defense coordinators have to, you know, deal with when, when they play against us. And, um, you know, we're not the only team in the league that has playmakers. Like, you know, this is what, this is what these guys get paid to do. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Have you talked to Purdy about the shoulder, like how, or his elbow, how that everything's going? I know you around him, but like, look at his smile. Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you get asked these quarterback questions a lot. Just, I know he's getting married now, so maybe, who knows where he is. But no, I mean, in all honesty, like I, I, I talked to him probably like two weeks ago, and I mean, even for him, like, what more can you really say other than like it's spirits are high? Good. Yes, feeling good. Use check says Purdy, optimistic. (laughs) How about let's go to a different team? We got we got a health update on uh, our boy Jimmy Garoppolo. You know he OTAs. Uh, He's injured. John loves Raider news. No new (laughs) Raider guy. This is not a a new news here thing, but haven't heard from Jimmy in the (laughs) offseason. Is he texting somebody or is he texting nobody? We don't have nobody, to keep talking. Nobody that I know of, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that we're not on the same team, I have no chance of getting hold of them. You know, if I had any chance, it was when I was on the team and I was getting about a 10% return on that. So I uh, haven't heard from Jim. 
Hypothetical debate. I've had this debate many times in my life. I have my theory, but you know the answer to this. Could the average person, just regular person, if given one carry behind a well-blocked, behind juice, pick up a yard? A yard? Just make positive yards. Or maybe there's a better way to ask the question, John, but that's how I saw it. Well, are you talking like 65 or like mere you? I'm saying me or you, your average 35-year-old, 30-year-old, 35 is old for the NFL, your average 30-year-old, somebody in their peak physical condition who's not a football player. Yeah. Is it like Kittle, Juice, and Trent, or is it like an average offensive line? It's this offense. This offense running behind. Our offense? Yeah. I I think we could get you a yard. Um, I think so, too. I think at the very least, I think we can get you to the line of scrimmage, and that's kind of, you know, can you fall forward for a yard? See, I think no. But it also depends on the down and distance. If it's third and short, no, you're not getting it. Yeah, you know, but if it's if it's first and ten, second and eight, defense doesn't know what to expect. Fourth and twenty-two. Fourth and fourth and twenty-two, you got a better chance. <laughs> um, but I think if if you want to be realistic, like a, a normal human being getting three yards, getting four yards, not not happening. It's just guys guys in this league are they're, they're just they're freaks. They're, they're they're superhumans and they move at a different speed and different physicality. It's just it's just too hard. So one to ten right now, where do you put your camp scaries at? You know, <laughs> like, you know like people get the month, you know, the Sunday scaries. Sunday scaries you, this isn't Junction Boys, nineteen seventy. We've been to these practices. Not as crazy. So, so I, I, you can't go give me a ten. But no, no, and it, so it's interesting for me because um, I, I, I drafted and I was, I grew up in the Ravens, um, you know, franchise. Those scaries, they were a 10 out of 10 at this point. It's like, holy shit, we're about to go to training camp. It's about to be three hours straight, full pads, with probably 100 to 120 offensive plays ran, on top of a half hour of special teams, full cover. And we literally, in in Baltimore, we would, if practice started at 10, and by the NFLPA rules, you get three hours straight of a practice. That's maximum. Practice is starting at 10. We are dressed full uniform, standing at the door, waiting for the clock to tick to 10 o'clock. And as soon as it does, a horn is blown and we're running out in the field. We didn't warm up. We had to take care of that before we got out there. And we practiced until one o'clock and that horn blew and we were done. Like it was, it, that, that was like junction boy kind of stuff. No wonder you guys got in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Like, so that, it's still stuck in my brain, even though I haven't been there for seven years now. Like, still part of me is just like, uh, uh, training camp's coming. Like, get my neck ready. Like, but then I have to remind myself, okay, like, you've been through this six other times. It's not like that anymore. And that's not to say that, like, our practices, like, it's not that they're not hard or they're not physical. It's just we're just in a different time now um, that we're not out there for three hours and we're not running that many plays. Like, we, we still – one thing I will say about us as a team is like when it's time to work, we work like we absolutely work our asses off for if that's just an hour and a half. All right. That's an hour and a half of like we're going to go hard, um, but it's just not the same as it used to be. So my scaries sorry for the long answer. Uh, they're not nearly as high. I put them at a, at a four right now. And if the NFL PA guy comes out there, you know, Kyle will kick his ass. So <laughs> <laughs> were you there for that? Oh yeah, you missed a good one. You weren't there. Uh, guy yeah, was there. Haverman was texting me like, "I got no clue what's going on, but something is going on." I've never seen anything <laughs> anything like that before, but man, was it entertaining. 
Has, has Kyle gotten in your face like that before? No, no. Has he ever yelled at you? Yes, we. Uh, <laughs> we after um, seven years together, we've had our disputes for sure, um, but far less than far less of having those disputes than not having them. If that makes sense. Do you ever have like a fundamental dispute with him? Not like an argument over something that happened, but like Kyle, right. like a philosophical. I actually think it's a better way to run this play this way, or to or the technique should be. You know, Kyle's always hands-on with his pass catchers, like he says, because yeah. he was a receiver. And, like, he's got a very – and obviously the run game he has very strong feelings about. Right. Do you have, have you ever gotten into, the, like, a more debate, right, like Harvard-style debate than yeah. actually a dispute? No, that's that's actually an interesting question. And, um, no, I haven't, I haven't had that with Kyle. I've had that with position coaches or other assistant coaches. 100% have gotten into it multiple times because – I definitely do play fullback differently than a lot of other guys have previously. And I mean, pat myself on the back. I feel like it's gone pretty well. So like there are certain things that I do that a lot of guys, if they're not used to working with me, they're kind of like, you know, what, what was that? Like, why'd you do it that way? And then I'll, you know, we'll have a conversation. So um, typically it's been with guys that I'm kind of like new to working with that I've had those discussions with, but honestly, Kyle, um, I either we've just kind of always agreed on how things are done or um, I mean, he has told me like at this point, he kind of stays out of my way. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get too much into my technique and that kind of stuff. He kind of knows like that I'm going to, I'm going to handle my business and I'm going to figure out what needs to be done. Cause like one thing that's interesting, right. Is it, one of the things that happened in that, that they covered in that first podcast episode was Mike McDaniel saying one of the best things he ever did was he realized LaFleur and McVeigh are constantly trying to get at Kyle when it comes to the pass game. So he went to learn the run game because he thought that was an area where he could actually make a difference. But a lot of, you know, you listen to this, you just look at this coaching staff uh, that Kyle had. These are not guys that played in the NFL, right? Like John pointed out, you you got drafted by Ozzie Newsom and then signed by, you know, John Lynch as your GM. But there might be a world, right, where Mike McDaniel, who knows the run game as well as anybody, is telling something to you and you're like, I'm on the field. Like, that's not, did you ever have that with him? Yeah, no, him and I had a few of those, and um, mo but again, most of the time, him and Mike, I I'll kick your ass, Mike. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, Ivy guys, um, Mike is so oh, open yeah. to like letting you be your own player and letting you try things out. And yeah, if it doesn't work, then he's gonna be like, hey, maybe we should try uh, what I was saying. Um, so yeah, Mike and I have have had those conversations for sure. But it's funny, I feel like. Mike and I are similar into what you were talking about. Like he wasn't all the other guys are trying to get Kyle's attention for the pass game. So he's like, there's an untapped market of the run game. And I almost felt like that way when I came to San Francisco, because obviously like Kyle's the head coach, he's the play caller. Like everyone was trying to get in Kyle's ear and try to get his attention and that kind of stuff. And I found myself gravitating to McDaniel because I'm like, all right, this guy seems really smart, really bright. He seems to really be getting in. He's truly the one in Kyle's ear. Like, let me talk with him. And I almost felt like he was an untapped market. Like, let me work with him and like find my role through him. And it, I really feel like it, it, it worked out really well for my career because I got even more involved with the run game um, than maybe I would have been if I weren't so close with McDaniel. If I wasn't, like, I was in his office every day shooting the shit, but also 
because he was genuinely like someone I enjoyed being around, but also like talking about our run game and like bouncing ideas off each other and just going through it. And I feel like that helps me get involved even more. So I, I totally understand what he's saying there when, you know, everybody's trying to get one guy's attention, but it's like, well, maybe the move is to kind of go over here where people are kind of not looking. When you described your style of play, you didn't specifically say this, but were you alluding to like, you're really more than like in the 70s, 80s, fullbacks, head-on collisions, probably more of a positional blocker. Not that you won't physically take them no. on, but utilize that. Isn't that needed more probably nowadays when the athleticism with the linebackers, back in like when I was growing up, they were all in the box, really two down linebackers. They couldn't get on the field now. The, the athleticism with these guys, like if you just took them head-on, Fred's going to go right around you. Right, 100%. And it's, it's funny because like early in my career – um, I was so embarrassed about that. And like, I hated the term like position blocker or like juice is more of a finesse blocker. Like that was like a OW. Like, How'd you feel about that one? I was cool with OW. Was, <laughs> I was like, all right, let's get the ball. Like this, you know? <laughs> the, the contract that came along with it. Ain't <laughs> but, um, that was like a, like a shot at my, yeah. my manhood. You know what I mean? And now, like, I truly think that's a compliment. Like, I think that is, like you said, I think that's necessary. I don't think you can just be a blockhead and go downhill and be a two down kind of guy. Like you do need to be a position, be more of a position blocker and use that finesse and that kind of thing. You run into Eagles fans out there in the Northeast. <laughs> yes, actually. I was at a wedding in uh, Dewey beach, Delaware, a couple of weekends ago and lots of Eagles fans there. Like that game's, I'd put the Cowboy game too. I mean, that, those are going to be some big one, big ones. Oh, just in terms of the national conversation, Ravens, Ravens going to be a huge one. Was Steelers, that Steelers, like yeah. they're all big. That's what you want, though. Like, I mean, what more do you want? Like, these, those are fun to play in. Like, that they're genuinely fun games to be a part of. So, like, bring it on. Let's do it. I mean, Ravens at home, Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah. Last Ravens game was crazy. Yeah, right. Uh, that was oh, the game. The rain. In the rain before the yep. Saints game, which was crazy. Yep. Um, I mean, the Ravens, honestly, like the Ravens, I would say, are like a similar brand. Like, you know, they're they're known for their physicality, as I feel like we are known for our physicality. So um, that's always going to be an interesting matchup because it's, you know, kind of two Titans clashing into each other. Oh, it's Bengals. NFC North and NFC East. I mean, this schedule pretty big this year. You know? I love when I saw like the thing like fifth easiest schedule in the league, and I look at it, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Is there such a thing as an easy schedule in the league? No, and it, and you guys know, like it's always so hard to say like teams that you think were going to be great, you know, by the end of the year packed it in like it and and vice versa. So it, it's yeah. really so so hard to tell. What do you got going on the the next twelve days? Yeah, what, what, what is that? Is that the date? Twelve or thirteen? Is that what you? Yeah, got? well, I'm I'm flying back on the twenty third. I get I like a couple days to just chill before I uh, you know have to report. But uh, gonna get a few more rounds of golf in. Not many, probably one or two more. Okay. Um, really finishing up like a hard. This is like my last hard hard week of the off season. Next week will be more of a what we call like a deload. Like I'll still be going through the workouts, but they'll be lighter, shorter just kind of priming that body, get ready for camp um, and just enjoying some time with the family. Um, and one of the biggest things, and this, I love that Kyle always like stresses this, like as far as like the off season and, and the bye week 
um, the body obviously is so important um, that that is our money maker. But the mind, like you got to get away for a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I got 10, 11 more days to kind of not think too much about football. Obviously, it's always in the back of your head. Um, but you do you got to get away. You got to enjoy some family, some time off. And um, that will help you make it longer through the season and not get burned out. I listened to a podcast with Troy Aikman the other day. He hasn't taken a hot shower in four months. Cold showers only. I mean, that's mentally <laughs> Super Bowl champ. Wait, because he's that's like his thing now, or he only does that in the off season, or no? He just meditation. He's just. He, I mean, he's a pillar of health. I mean, you've seen him call games. The guy looks fantastic. He does. He does look good. And listen, I'm all. I'm a big fan. You do of a cold the- shower guy. I so I'm a huge cold plunge guy. Like I actually think there's so much science, and it makes a huge difference. I got into it big. In the, towards the end of last season, um, but the sh- I can't do the cold showers though. Whatever it is, about- I thought I thought about it this morning, and then I got in. I was like, it feels so good hot. You know, you know I what know. I did the other day was I I've, at the end of the shower, I was like, I'll swing it to cold, see how long I can last. Yeah, two and a half seconds. I mean, it's, it's the, probably the worst way to do it is after you've been in a hot shower. I thought I was going to go into shock. I don't. <laughs> so the, the plunge, plunge, the tub, like, you have no option. Yeah. Like with the shower, like half your body's cold, half of it's not. And I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Man, anything else? Any other takes you got to get out before the prediction? Yeah, any fire uh, takes? CP3 to the Warriors. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm throwing out a lot of love here. I threw a lot of love to Christian. Threw some love to IU, Debo. I got honest. I'm. You want to bash someone? Go. No, I'm going the opposite way. You, I just want your listeners to know, like, I, you guys didn't prep me for this. Like, I actually want to send some love to you guys because genuinely, so I think I started listening to you guys, like, what was it, three or four years ago. Um, hot take, I do not listen to you guys when we lose. So I, <laughs> I only listen to you guys when we win. I don't, I don't, some, sometimes you just don't, you don't even want to hear the negative energy, you know? But um, you guys have been, I don't know who your source is, but you are very well in tuned with kind of what's going on in our organization and just kind of the thought process. And I really will say that nine times out of 10, you guys are pretty spot on there. There are those one, one out of 10 spots that I'm like, gosh, I'm tempted to just like call these guys and be like, yeah. hey, that's not, that's not what's happening. <laughs> um, for example, guy, I'll put you on the spot. Okay. That's fine. This is fair. Talking about, we, we, we brought up, um, going to the basketball games. Yeah. And I, in the off season, you guys had a podcast about uh, Christian and George and Darnold were at the basketball game. And you're like, well, just not saying, but just saying Trey's not there. Maybe I said that. You got to go check your receipts. I'm pretty okay. sure. It was All you. right. Keep going. I won't interrupt. I may be wrong, but I would, I would have supported that take. <laughs> I did want to call him and genuinely tell you guys that like Trey is beloved in our locker room like everybody loves trey like the dude really does work his ass off he's super personable like he is a very well liked guy so for whatever reason that he wasn't at the basketball game it's not because we don't like him okay <laughs> he wasn't excluded on purpose yeah, exactly i would have guessed that was a middle cough take but if i said that i'm glad i'm glad you corrected me he was a tight end you whatever reason tr- that's how i remembered it okay that's hey <laughs> i can't start you know 
you give us a compliment. I can't start complaining when you. Give yeah, us- one of one of our sources, uh, the, the play caller was not happy when we said that you can't block, you know, an all pro with a backup tight end. No, but, that uh, that's we're still going back and forth on that. He's had the summer to relax, but uh, <laughs> that was yeah. The, the Eagles, the Eagles pod NFC Championship was not. He didn't listen to that no, one. Remember? No. Oh yeah. No. Was, if we lost, I didn't listen. Oh yeah. Well, we, that's nice of you to say. You didn't have to <laughs> say that. We appreciate it. Yeah. No, and next guys, time we're guys, really wrong, good. just. We'll, so, we'll source you. All right. You got it. Kyle Yushek <laughs> has not been a source. No. I have not. I have not. Occasionally just talk some shit about players on other teams, but not nothing for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's already been edited out of this pod. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, thanks for making time, man. Yeah, yeah thanks, absolutely. We appreciate you being you generous. And uh, well, middle call to see in Vegas. He he's big Raider guy. So uh, you, you never know. I'll be there sitting there with Haberman and Guido. We'll be cheering you on here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Wait, so John, what's the deal? Did you move to Arizona? Yeah, in Scottsdale right now. You're there full time. Full time. Just got a house, probably a month ago. Nice. Uh, yeah, you know it's amazing the uh, the tax benefits when you just cross an imaginary line from the bay. You know, it's so, unbelievable. Uh, it's <laughs> you, truly you know, unbelievable. You get some of your friends playing for like the Cowboys, the Texans, like bro, this is some good living out here, huh? Yeah, that is. Wild. That's what sucks I, about the NFL. You get some of these guys like Brady goes to Florida, you know, Tampa. He's only making twenty five million, but it's could be more than his thirty five million in Boston. Yeah, no, it, first it, class it, problems, but no, it is, and nobody <laughs> wants to hear us complain no. about it, but. Um, I mean, could definitely be used as a competitive advantage when it comes to signing guys. That's what Eddie DeBartolo knew. Yeah. yeah. I see some of those, you know, the Zenny boards. You know, George Kittle's got some pretty We've good We've always deals. had a theory. Adobe. Adobe, <laughs> Adobe and Zenny. We've always, you can't, we've had some theories about that, but. Yeah. I wish I was getting some of those. I don't know if that's the team setting them up or just a good PR guy. But. Yeah, you got to. You going over to Leeds too, or is it you wait until you retire to get a piece of that? <laughs> Can't disclose that on this side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Juice. Thanks, man. Take yeah, absolutely, guys. Good catching up with you. Likewise. See you, buddy. I will see you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.